G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. You may know that there is a battle that is to be fought for life and especially in the state of Queensland. Let's get a focus on the state of Queensland, what's happening. There are battles both at the beginning of life on issues around abortion but big battles looming at the end of life around euthanasia or voluntary assisted dying legislation. Developments in Queensland are important because what is proposed are considered to be the most liberal euthanasia laws in our nation. Well, let's get a bit of a handle on what's happening in the state of Queensland. Tishan Johnson is Executive Director of Cherish Life in Queensland. Tishan is joining us. Hi, Tishan. Welcome back to 2020. Hi, Neil. Thank you for having me for Cherish Life. Tishan, this bill that's now in Queensland, uh, and I think it's in some inquiries or committees, it's being discussed, a vote is coming in September. It's a very complex bill. What are your thoughts about it? Yeah, it's a real shocker. I mean, all euthanasia legislation, which is assisted suicide legislation, is is a shocker. It's 113 pages of incredibly complex matter. Um, we have lawyers looking at it. We have euthanasia experts on the first pass. It is actually more liberal, as you said, more permissive than other legislations. And we've already seen in Victoria, their first year of data, full data set we've got in the first 12 months is uh, there's been a 43% increase in overall suicides, which includes a assisted suicides or euthanasia, but there's also a 13% increase in non-assisted suicide. So we're seeing evidence of suicide contagion, and that often happens in a number of jurisdictions where euthanasia is legalised. So it's a really big concern from many perspectives, but also, um, yeah, the, the suicide contagion, particularly as Queensland already has one of the highest suicide rates in Australia. So um, also people can apply for euthanasia if they have a 12-month um, diagnosis to live, and uh, prognosis rather, I beg your pardon, so diagnosis being the disease, prognosis being the time that you're given. Um, other jurisdictions have had six months, so 12 is a lot more. And also there's in, inequitable access to voluntary assisted dying, as they call it, which is completely misleading. It's actually assisted suicide um, compared to uh, access to palliative care. Um, so, so for example, someone might get a 12-month prognosis and they can access, um, you know, euthanasia straight away, whereas uh, they mightn't get any access to palliative care ever or they mightn't have it until two, a couple of weeks or a month or so before end of death. So we've got this real inequitable access. I know in Western Australia, for example, one of the, when their euthanasia laws recently passed, sadly, one of the amendments that was put up that people in regional Western Australia have the same access to palliative care services as what they would voluntary assisted suicide under the legislation and that amendment was voted down. To me that's incredibly telling and it really scares us all and so we've also got a problem with um, a gross deficit in palliative care funding in Queensland to the tune of $275 million per year. So um, the government's 
made a token uh, offer um, agreement to increase it 28 mil, $28.5 million for the next six years only when we need an extra $275 million according to Palliative Care Queensland. People are suffering at the end of life simply because they're not getting the services, particularly in regional Queensland. It's tragic what is happening here. The way you frame that... The idea that there are budget savings to be made if we put this legislation through and we don't have to spend that money on palliative care. That should be making us all get quite angry, wouldn't you think? Absolutely. It is a shocker. It is a shocker. You know, um, and, you know, even in the Queensland, uh, the Courier Mail today, which is the News Corp paper for Queensland, uh, they're talking about the pay rises that are going through for politicians and, you know, the Premier and the Deputy Premier and this one and that one. So they're all going to have these ginormous pay increases. I don't begrudge people getting paid, but they're getting, they're already getting paid a lot and they're not even, but we're not seeing a much increase of palliative care and other essential services. There are literally people, some regions in Queensland have no palliative palliative care specialist ever come into their region. So if someone needs a palliative care specialist, because palliative care is a specialty, they train for many years these doctors um, to manage people at the end of life and, you know, multiple unusual pain presentations, for example, complex cases. But these some people in regional Queensland have no access to a palliative care specialist whatsoever. They have to get in a flight five out, you know, a long way to Brisbane or, you know, the Sunshine Coast or somewhere in southeast Queensland to access care. And we're a wealthy state. We should have first class palliative care for everyone, but it's simply not the case. Tijan, come back to the bill for a moment here, because from what I understand, and you did say that you've got lawyers who are going over the bill with a fine-tooth comb, so you know exactly what is being suggested here in the state of Queensland. But from what I understand, access to euthanasia has been widened to include even this idea of mental suffering. Is this one of the liberalisations you can talk about here about this bill? Yes. So it's the 12-month prognosis, and one of the reasons to access it if you have that 12-month prognosis, is this intolerable mental anguish. So it's a very loose term. I can get the exact wording for you as well. I'll just quickly look it up. But it's that that's a general wording, and it's an extremely loose term. And um, the thing is, there's also no requirement to be seen by a counsellor or a psychiatrist or a mental health expert of any kind, yet you can apply for euthanasia if you have this terminal illness or, or 12-month prognosis for mental anguish. We know from Oregon, one of the states in the USA that have legalised euthanasia, one of the main reasons for people accessing it, requesting it, is actually depression or mental mental anguish. So we know it's a huge driver for euthanasia requests. And if you think about it, if someone's not well, they've got this terrifying prognosis, they're worried about things, you'd be feeling sick and vulnerable. And you'd Naturally, quite naturally, most people would get quite depressed, as you can imagine. You could get very depressed. And so then not to then have mental health checks is very concerning. It's, it's very, very, very dangerous. If you're talking doctors being given permission to kill patients, which I think yeah. that's what you're saying is happening with euthanasia, well, doctors are going to be able to initiate a discussion about assisted dying, something that mm. other bills have not included. But that looks like that's coming to Queensland and no doubt there's going to be some level of incentive there for doctors. I mean, your imagination can run wild about the possibilities of what bad things could happen here. 
Look, I, I couldn't agree more, Neil. It's a shocker. It's, um, it has to be in the context of end-of-life options, but they can raise the idea of euthanasia or assisted suicide. So once again, if you can imagine someone's just got this terrible prognosis, they're feeling sick, uh, they're probably feeling vulnerable, alone, unsure of the future, and then you have this doctor, you know, oh, you know, you know, I mean, I'm talking about an unethical doctor. There are some wonderful doctors around who wouldn't dream of it. But, you know, oh, you know, there, there, you could get voluntary assisted dying. And, you know, this would be, the, and it's, it's even a deceptive word, voluntary assisted dying. They make it sound like palliative care when, in fact, it's intentional killing. It is assisted suicide or euthanasia. So you can imagine the, the level of coercion and the, the vulnerability of that person. We need to be protecting people from this type, this level of coercion and um contagion, suicide contagion and, you know, almost glamorization as an end-of-life option. We need to be saving lives. It's completely counterproductive to curtailing Queensland's uh, suicide or almost at epidemic levels. Very concerning. Tishan, you're not only dealing with the facts and your lawyers trying to get around the complexity of this bill, but there's the emotion in the community and that seems to be where politicians are pitching things at emotions, uh, not the idea of giving doctors permission to kill. That, look, that is exactly right. And just to talk about the doctors for a moment, uh, the Australian Medical Association is hugely opposed to euthanasia, as is the Queensland, the Nurses Professional Association of Queensland. In fact, 107 out of 109 uh, peak medical bodies around the world are opposed to euthanasia of any kind. And only eight nations out of 193 in the United Nations have legalised euthanasia. Just to give you an of how unpopular and how dangerous it is. So what's happening is um, the suicide lobby uh, run by Dying With Dignity and the Clem Jones Trust up here in Queensland are kind of showcasing these horrible death stories which breaks anyone's heart to hear and they're just terrible end of death stories but we never, what we never see in media is good end of death stories where someone got excellent palliative care, the family was around them, they slipped away with no pain but they, wasn't, they weren't killing people, they were just letting, you know, nature take their course but they were giving them proper pain relief and holistic palliative care but you don't hear those stories and so a lot of these MPs are being driven by emotion um, and quite often the stories uh, the ones I've inquired further about they would be someone in the regions who hasn't had access access to a palliative care specialist or and it was you know 10 or so years ago um, one case they keep citing was about 20 years ago and we know there's medical advancement every single year so it's it, we're playing with emotion people on the other side are playing with emotion and not the facts and the, the fact is it's bad public policy the UK government has rejected euthanasia legislation six times um, I think the South Australian government has had 17 euthanasia bills that's fought down. Unfortunately, they've got one at the moment and the government there is just so open to killing. They've just legalised abortion up to birth, but their laws aren't as bad as Queensland that it looks like it's going to go through in South Australia. So we're very grieved. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a shocker, Neil. It is dreadful, and listeners to our conversation today might be interested to catch up on the detail as it continues to come to light. I mentioned that there are a number of committees and consultation that's going on until September when there'll be a vote in the state of Queensland, but to point listeners to the Cherish Life website, and no doubt when you've got more detail coming to light, you'll have a lot of uh, understanding a lot of uh, ways of explaining this whole issue uh, for people who want to follow it. Let me give the website cherishlife.org.au, cherishlife.org.au. 
www.org.au to follow what is happening, to monitor the developments, to understand the dreadful situation that's developing in the state of Queensland. Tishan Johnson is the Executive Director of Cherish Life in Queensland. Tishan, thanks so much for sharing your thoughts with us today on 2020. Thank you so much, Neil. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.